Hey, patrons, this is a secret message from Scoots here for just a few people that support the show on Patreon. If you're listening to the Patreon feed, uh, you know, let me know you got this and uh, tell me because one of my legs is asleep right now. Um, and I hope you'll soon be asleep, but I appreciate you supporting the show so much. Couldn't do it without you. And that's the end of uh, this. Uh, this is transmission uh, by by Scoots. I'm just already my brain's thinking. I'm like, should I put the music bed under this? Uh, but we'll see. You'll be listening sometime in the future. Good night. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Welcome. This is Sleep with Me, the podcast that's here. To put you to sleep, we do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, uh, feelings, you know, time, you know, time passing, clocks, ticking clocks. That's the worst. Uh, Like, but uh, you know, I'm going to distract you from that. So just listen to me. It could be physical feelings, emotions, uh, thoughts about things I'm saying or, you know, the past, the present, or the future. Whatever is keeping you awake, like, I'm going to distract you. And here's what I propose. Uh, like I said, I'm going to try to create a safe place, a safe place where you could, if I could, you know, a place where it's safe enough for me to mispronounce uh, things is ideally also a safe place safe enough for you to say, oh. I can I can breathe here. There's plenty of space uh, with this podcast. I, I guess like uh, I don't know. Is it limitless space? Is space limitless? Let's not yeah. Let's not uh, let's not let's not investigate any of that kind of stuff. Holy Nietzsche! But uh, like uh, it, I guess there's limitless space within this podcast for you to breathe. And I'm sure I send I'm gonna send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use these creaky dulcet tones, a slow, languid pace, uh, you know, like the thick August air. You know, those two, the, when you, the memories of a thick August air, it's humid, you know, because those are the ones where you're like, wow, it's so good. You know, when it's August and the air is thick, you say, this is what it was Scoots talking about. But right now, you say, wow, yeah, languid like that. Yeah, because I want you to feel welcome. I want you to feel at home. If you're new, welcome to two. Like double, I want you to feel doubly welcome. So let me tell you, this is a podcast to put you to sleep. Is by by podcast, it's like uh, I'm gonna be talking here, but you don't really need to pay attention. Whenever you feel like drifting off and falling asleep, go right ahead. So I won't. I don't want you to feel any pressure to listen to me. I'll try to get your attention and draw you in. And then just like humidity, you know, you'll trickle right through my fingers. You know, when the humidity is so thick, even when it's that thick, uh, you know, that it relaxes your elbows and all those things, you really can't grasp it, uh, but you feel like you can. That's kind of like this podcast listening-wise. So that's one. Also, so you don't need to listen, but you're under no pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here for about an hour, and we'll talk about Star Trek later. There'll be plenty of time for you to drift off at your leisure. Uh, the structure of the show, usually there's five minutes of business at the top of the show. That, that's kind of essential to keeping the show out at 12 times a week, 12 times a month in free archives and all that. And that's why we put it at the top of the show, because ideally you'll be asleep after that. But important to listen to. Then we have an intro, 12 to 14 minutes of me rambling and introducing people to the podcast. Uh, then about 40, 45, 50 minutes of Star Trek talk, and then some thank yous at the end. So that's the structure of the show. You, you know, if you listen to the top of the show and then you want to skip the intro, the timestamp is in there. And usually you say, okay, well, so I'm not, I'm not with you so far, Scoots. Tonight we're going to be talking about Star Trek The Next Generation, and usually I'd like to kind of draw Tonight we're talking about um, uh, The Offspring is the name of the episode. It's about uh, Data and his daughter, Lal, L-A-L. And in this episode, they're having a conversation where Data says, uh, he's talking about struggle and purpose. And he says, uh, until I realized the struggle itself is most important, we must strive to be more than we are, lol. 
and I'm, you know, I'm paraphrasing, the effort yields its own rewards. It doesn't matter if we reach our goal. And Lal says, you are wise, Father. And Data says, it is the difference between knowledge and experience. And then Lal says, I learned today that humans like to hold hands. It is a symbolic gesture of affection. And so let's run through that. So, you know, like a lot of times you could, you, for me, I'm an overthinker. You get in bed, your head hits the pillow, and you feel like it's a struggle to sleep, but it's a strange paradoxical struggle because the more you struggle, the more elusive sleep is. We all know that. It's something that's really difficult to wrap, you know, wrap your head and your mind and your body around. And also, a lot of times, your brain will get going, but what is, then you'll be like, okay, I'm just trying to go to sleep. What's our greatest, what's our purpose here? Is our purpose just to struggle, you know, what about our true potential? And they say, well, the effort, does the effort yield its own, what's, when are our rewards coming? Do you, what is your experience? What is your knowledge? Let's run through our knowledge and experience of our, you know, he said, well, I just like to go to sleep, actually. I'd like to, um, it just, and you, this is where kids used to suck their thumbs. You say, man, I wish I could just do that, but I know it's bad for my teeth. And then you think about you know, the wall and data holding hands, and that's a nice thing. You say, well, I can't suck my thumbs, but I could think about wall. That rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Wall, or maybe not. It kind of, it, it makes the tongue roll. It doesn't roll off the tongue. It rolls the tongue. And my tongue has never been on a roll, but uh, it's, been, it's been around a couple rolls. Uh, it, it, this seems to me really funny, even though it's totally honest. honest uh, you know, my tongue has been around. But anyway, I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Like, I, I'm trying not to crack up, but I just cracked myself up internally. But thinking about lol and data holding hands, this podcast is a little bit like hand-holding, you know, because when I say I'd like to help you uh, scorch you while you cross over the threshold from wake to sleep, a lot of times the image I have in my mind is an elusive one. You know, not that different than I'm talking about the humidity in August. But I do picture the two of us hand in hand and you kind of drifting out of my hand and across into this, uh, into the arms of Morpheus, uh, either figuratively or actually into to a nice deep sleep and the reason is because you deserve it you know it's a lot of work being a human being and me being an android or daughter of an android an android daughter that's an android sounds like a lot of work too and you deserve a good night's sleep you deserve some rest you deserve some respite as i said earlier you deserve a vast expanse where you could breathe and rest easy and that's what I try. What I try to create here now. It doesn't work for everybody. Uh, you know, I do my best, and I'll be here. You know, so if you have trouble getting to sleep, I'll be here the whole time. Uh, so you know, I hope it works for you, because yeah, I like you to have a spot where you could just chill out. You could listen to me, and then I'll start to drift away, and you'll say, "Well, Scoots went from making no sense to making sense not at all." Say, what? You, maybe I'm already falling asleep because he talks and his words don't. They say, well, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's it's like para English, uh, it's like paraphrasing, but an entire language. I'm paraphrasing the entire language, yeah, poorly, and you know, alliterating it too, poorly, poor, poorly paraphrasing, and it's paradoxical too. In cheap, oh, cheap, the only form of alliteration we use is tawdry, tawdry. You try to think of a T word, a TW word, a tight tawdry. Uh, in, uh, I don't know. Just trying to think of something that would turn it back in on itself and uh, be self deprecating. You know, tight tawdry tangents, mostly that are like, but whenever I can make them a litter, if I will. Also, I don't, I'm, I, I'm pretty, I'm 65% sure I know what alliteration is, but only that much. So there's a truth to it, too. And they could be tawdry, you know, a senseless sleep podcaster, misusing alliteration. But, you know, when I say this uh, at the bottom of the show, or the opening here, I'm glad you found this podcast. Don't know how you worked your way here. I don't know if this is your 800th time listening or your first time. But it really, it, it, it matters to me that you're here and you got the space to relax, uh, 
I appreciate you coming by or trying the show or you heard about it. And you said, well, let me give that a shot. Or maybe you said, I got to get to sleep. Let me try this. Whatever it is, I say this uh, every time that I remember to say it because I mean, I'm glad you're here. I really hope I work hard and I yearn. And I don't know if strive and yearn mean the same thing, but I strive and I yearn to help you fall asleep. So thanks for coming by. All right. Good night. All right, here we were talking about The Offspring, Season 3, Episode 6. I think it came out somewhere in, like, May of 1990, which, again, is pretty mind-blowing. And I got the full setup here, just in case. Oh, also, a little update on my watching of this, which will come to uh, be revealed while during the, doing this uh, episode. Is I've started watching that like during doing at least partial a partial watch with my daughter Sophia who is uh, ten now, so that kind of influences uh, I guess uh, you know it'll 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 influence things in a way. It gives me another way to watch it, another set of eyes to see the episode through, which is with these data centric episodes uh, or data based episodes, it gives you an interesting thing about the storytelling process of Star Trek. And, you know, the idea of seeing our world or their world through the eyes of an android or, you know, human, human, is it humanness? What is it? Uh, but So I get the whole episode. The episode keeps starting. I keep restarting it. Uh, so let's get down to it. Um, there's something important that happens with uh, Wes right away. So but let me read through some of these notes. Uh, Oh, Riker directed this episode, uh, so that's important to know. So he's on leave. He's not really in. He's in the episode, but only a little bit. Uh, so Riker's on leave. And speaking of which, I, I, I'd like to see, I didn't even make this connection till now, but the opening scene is like a moving shot, uh, but there's no track. Uh, so I don't know if, uh, I don't know how they do that because I'm not a filmmaker, but uh it's of Jordy and Wes walking uh, through the halls uh, to the robotics lab and then Counselor Troy joining them. And this brings up a difference between Star Trek and Star Wars, uh, but they have robotics lab. And excuse my language, but they use it on the show. Where the hell are the robots? And I'm sure there's been articles about it, but I haven't read them of like... Uh, you have an android, which there's a difference between an android and a robot. I'm clear on that from other episodes. Uh, but I guess if I had a Star Trek shirt, it, well, it's not that important. It's it's Maybe it's, it'll be a bit distracting. Uh, but Star Trek, you know, if you have a robotics lab, where the heck are the, like, like everyone, it gets said a few times in this episode. Maybe, maybe not this episode, but it seems like everybody's, where the hell is this? Uh, where the hell are the robots? Uh, but so they're walking down the hall. They're in. Uh, they're, cha- they're They're right now. The captain's log says they're charting the Slaby uh, um, asteroid belts. So Jordy and Wes are walking. And then Troy shows up. They say, "Geez, what's going on?" Well, data sent for us. Uh, mysterious. And they say, "What's going on?" And I said, "Well, ever since he got back from the cybernetics conference, uh, he's been in that lab." Troy's like, "Data's not usually secretive," and Wesley says, "Incautious." Uh, He's kept a lab, a lab locked, and Jordy, Jordy goes, how did you know that? Aha. Uh-huh. And then Wes, like, walks faster than them, rings the doorbell, or opens the door, and Data's got a, a foot in his hand, a, you know, robotic foot or android foot. And he says, just a moment, please. Uh, and then he shuts the door. And then he puts the foot, foot on and the toes curl. They put what's going on question mark or maybe somebody said that uh oh yeah Jordy says it and they say data says I've invited you to meet someone and he's put the platform with the android up into the ceiling and uh it comes down and it's uh, interesting it's uh it's a, a humanoid a gold humanoid uh named Wall. And they say, geez, I want you to, wow, this is uh, Deanna Troy. And uh, she, she says, hello, Deanna, Counselor Troy, Counselor Deanna Troy. She goes, how are you doing? Functioning in my, you know, normal parameters. And they say, Jordy LaForge. And Lal looks at Jordy. She says, what's up with the, the drapings, uh, father? 
And then behind the scenes, Wesley says, Father, like, to, uh, I couldn't tell if he was saying it to Jordy or Troy, like, with WTF. And I guess she was asking about the clothes, uh, not like a rude thing about his visor. And he says, well, we wear clothes. And then Wesley goes, why did I call you father? And Data says, yes, Wesley, lol is my child. And when they say that, there's reaction shots. Uh, like, uh, uh, there's a Jordy reaction shot, and there's a Joy, Troy reaction shot, and then there's a lol reaction shot. So it's just like, a, it's just funny. And it's interesting. I really enjoyed this episode. and. Uh, especially on the, believe it or not, on the uh, sub supplemental viewings. I'd seen this a while ago, as I do with most of these. I watched it a couple months before to try to stay ahead on the casual viewing, and then watched it uh, like in depth here. So then the opening comes, and then the captain's log. It, this, this, I like this uh, first sequence uh, post open. Because it's Captain Log Supplemental, and Picard's not police. He says, hey, we've learned about an unusual project that Data's up to. And then we're in the lab, and Picard's looking up close at Lal, and his face, I couldn't tell if it was, like, irritation or concern or both. And then, uh, you know, Data's talking about the uh, brain, and Jordy says, she's, like, the positronic brain, and... Uh, Jordy says, no one's done that. And Data said, yeah, like, it, it, there's a new submicron technology, though. So that's how I did it. And they transferred my brain over there. I feel like I'm missing a page, though. Or maybe, like, because uh, it, it says here that uh, the uh, commander Picard says, uh, Data, quietly. Oh, I would have liked, okay, no, this is so, uh, let me, let me, my notes were incomplete. Yeah, so then they say, he says, yeah, Wesley goes, you transferred your brain into lulls? And Dave's like, totally, you did that, Wesley. Uh, you know, I want to keep Dr. Soon's work going, and it's been encouraging. Uh, and so that, I did that at the conference, brought lulls brain back with me. And that's when Picard goes, data, I would have liked to have been consulted. He's furious, I think, but a quiet fury. And Data kind of doesn't understand. He goes, Jesus, I haven't seen anybody else on board ask you about procreation first. Which does bring up this whole thing about, uh, that's, that I've heard from even listeners about, of like, uh, you know, what are the policies on board and, you know, some of this, some of this behavior. Uh, but, you know, it's just funny how Data puts it back at him. He, nobody else asks about procreation. Then Troy goes, why didn't she give him a more human look? Because Lol does not look human. Uh, uh, she looks, she's, Lol's a humanoid, but not human. And, uh, oh, it, when he says, Data says, I downloaded my brain. Picard says, Data, I would have liked, been, oh no, we already said that, right? I would have liked to have been consulted. So then Troy says, yeah, did you give it a human look? He goes, I decided, oh, this is what, yeah, uh, uh, Data goes, I would have liked to have been, oh, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm extra mixed up here. I mean, the reason it'll be like to fill you in is that uh, this legal pad must have weak glue or something, so that all the pages, none of the pages are staying in it, and I'm, you know, trying to keep it from shuffling the pages on the mic. Um, but, okay, so she says, why doesn't it look more human? And then Data says, well, I want my child to choose its own sex and appearance. I mean, this was 1990, so really, like, like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, ahead of its time, Star Trek The Next Generation was ahead of its time, and that's not a pun, it's the truth, and, like, uh, it just was, and then, uh, but Picard, I think this is the first sigh, Picard does a lot of sighing this episode, he goes, uh, so that was sigh number one, and then he says, Commander Data, Commander Data, not more at my child, uh, commanded data, your experience. I want to talk to you. But then he also says, uh, Hey, uh, counselor, we, I, I need, I need your counseling. So him and Troy are walking and he, Picard first. And this is, this is another part about the storytelling is, you know, Picard usually has his, he, he is, uh, open enough to change his mind. And a lot of these episodes follow kind of his thought progressions and this one, he starts out, he goes, no way, this is a child. It's it's an invention, a great one, uh, but an invention. 
And Troy goes, really? Like, uh, why is biology determined? Uh, data created an offspring, a new life out of his own being. That's a child. If he wishes to call Lala's child, who are we to argue? And then is this side two? Does Picard already side there? Uh, also, there's another question that came up, but we'll do it at the end of the scene here. Ricard says, well, geez, I, I don't understand how a five-foot android with heuristic learning systems and the strength of ten men can be a child. And Troy says, you've never been a parent. And then I, I did wonder about uh, why does Troy wear dresses? Uh, I mean, I realize it from the television creation standpoint, you know, with low neck, like where you could you could see the nape of her neck. Uh, you know, I'm a big nape of the neck fan. That's one of my, anyway, not important, but uh, it just made me, like, uh, I'm sure people have done that research. She's the only one I've seen in a dress like that. Is it betazoids, uh, counselors, or, uh, you know, not not to get fixated on it. It's not that important, just something that came up by curiosity. Uh, you never been a parent. Then they're in Picard's office, and Picard is wor- like worried. Uh, and we get to the second or the third Picard side. Uh, I think the second one. Uh, Picard's like, dude, do you realize the ramifications? This I'm dismayed that you didn't fill me in. And Data's just like totally innocent, like like in innocence. I wouldn't say innocent, but he says, I didn't realize you to have objections. Should I deactivate Wall? And Picard's already come around. He goes, it's a life data. You can't just deactivate it. And he goes, well, I could do a restart. I could put it in a new OS. And no, he doesn't say that. He goes, this is a stupendous undertaking. He goes, just Starfleet is going to flip. And Data goes, well, I followed all the regulations. I think they're going to be happy. And Picard says, then it's like he's talking to his pregnant daughter. He goes, well, you've taken on quite a responsibility, Data. And somewhere in here, he sighs again. And then Data goes off topic, podcast level 10. She goes, anyway, I, to prepare for this, I scanned all literature on parenting. And, you know, there's all these different doctrines and uh, approaches. He goes, do you think she should be the happiest baby on the block or uh, what? And that's when Picard says, he goes, Data, what about a Klingon parenting approach? And Picard goes, Data, I'm not talking about parenting. I'm talking about the extraordinary consequences, again, with his daughter, by creating a new life. He doesn't have a daughter. And Data goes, like, becoming a parent. And he goes, you're not ready for, what about high school? No, but he says, you're seeking, you're seeking to achieve what only your creator had achieved. Uh, another sentient android. Another Data. And then Data humanizes it. He says, so that's why I must attempt this, uh. Most species want to perpetuate themselves, and I haven't had that chance. And then he goes to the um, more neutral uh, common sense thing. He goes, if something happens to me, it'd be lost forever. But with law, my continuance is assured. Uh, I understand the risk, and I accept the responsibilities. It seemed like nervous chatter about the parenting with Data, which caused Picard to lose it. He also hangs his head when Data starts about it, but talking about parenting. And Picard even just grimacing and chewing, leaning back in his chair. I don't know if he had blush on, but his face, is, his cheeks are a little red. And like even when Picard hangs his head, you know, this is like very uh, uh, patriarchal or parent, more parent than a paper, just a father figure. But Data tries to, like Picard's hanging his head down and Data tries to lower his eyes to get to eye contact with Picard who's, looking down at his desk. Uh, and Data's like just a little worried, but mostly confused and cur- curious. Then we're in the hall with Lol. That could be the, if Lol, uh, you know, if, if there was a sitcom, in the halls with Lol, uh, Data and Troy are there. And she's pointing out people's genders um, and talking about uh, that she's going to get to choose her gender and appearance. She's actually choosing her race uh, or species. I mean, even though she wouldn't be that species, so maybe it is appearance. Uh, and Data goes, she's like got like a thousand. And she goes, well, what, what, what's this gender thing? Well, says, and Data goes, get your, download the sexuality pack, level two. Uh, that'll be the uh, parameters. 
which I guess that's one thing. I mean, maybe Star Trek was ahead of its time, but like, really, there's not. It's not going to be binary. I mean, in outer space, there's no way it's just a binary gender. I mean, I think on Earth we already agree on that. So, but maybe they thought that they couldn't be like. Maybe I don't, I don't know what they thought back then. Maybe that. I mean, because especially and and my my underlying uh, feeling about that is the next thing uh, that appears on the screen. Like, so it's not even a, this isn't like a. A statement thing, but they go to the holodeck so that and they, they just say, like, You got thousands, a thousand different things you could choose from. And then Law says, Well, I think I want to be Counselor Troy. And she goes, Data goes, No, no, you can't be, you, you, trust me, I got thousands of things. And Troy goes, Thousands. And Law says, Yeah, it's a big decision. And then there's a little comedy. Well, they're on the holodeck and Troy's asleep, like on the floor. She's falling asleep while Lal's, uh, you know, choosing like her appearance thing. And Data wakes her up. He taps her on the shoulder. He helps her up. He goes, Lal's got it down to four. Do you want to see? And she goes, oh, yeah. So then the, the Data, like Lal's standing in front of a mirror and they run through it. And the first one, they say it's an Andorian female. But, I mean, this is where I'm like, okay, this this is beyond that. Because it's like a green creature, all green, and it's humanoid. Uh, but it also has some insect elements. So it has um, uh, antenna. Then it has, like, a big, bigger, like, longer head with, like, a hair like a beef eater or something. Like, almost like those cone heads if they had a full head of hair. And it's all green. It's outfit, it's skin, everything. And also, like, lol size, which is more like in the four, four five-foot range. And I said, well, geez, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like it's beyond, beyond the binary. Just like, I mean, like I say on the show. And, like, uh, Troy has a point. She's like, well, you'd be the only uh, Andorian on board. Uh, then there's a human male. Troy says, very attractive. Oh, Troy also says, you know, being an Andorian makes socialization difficult, which we see is not going to be easy. Uh, then a human female, which Troy says, I like her. I just thought it was like an interesting way she said it. I like her. Uh, then a Klingon male, and Troy says, a friend for Worf. And then I guess Law reached a decision because they go back to the lab and Law comes down and she's the uh, human female who looks like maybe like a, like a, a teenager or a young adult, maybe like a college age adult. I'm not sure. Um, and Data goes, I've like done the, her anatomy and I gave her more realistic skin and eye color than mine. And she comes down and it's Troy goes, Congratulations, it's a girl. And then they're at Data's quarters with Lol. And he kind of introduces her to their apartment or whatever. And she already has, like, a lot of facts that she's downloaded. So this is interesting. I like this scene, too, because uh, he shows her paintings, and she knows the facts about paintings. And Data says, well, I'm going to teach you about the artistry. Then she's tactile, so Lol sits down, and she says, ooh, on the sofa. She says, oh, it's soft. And uh, Data says, very good. There are many fascinating things I want to share with you. Then she gives the, these uh, flower arrangement a real aggressive look, uh, and she says, painting. And Data goes, no, it's a flower. Smell it. And she goes, smell. Show me more, Father. So she's very uh, excited and interested. And then there's like a montage of her learning. She's, a vis she's not a visual learner, and she has trouble drinking liquids and ball catching. So it's kind of a little bit of a com comedic sequence uh, where she's spilling drinks, but she gets better. And there's also Data kind of teaches her how to blink. Uh, then there's a shot of her eating ice cream and then drinking properly and wiping her mouth with a napkin. I think Data wanted to do that. The scene's just catching up here. It was like green ice cream, I think, too. So I said, was that, is that an Dorian ice cream or, or what? Uh, but I think she, Data tries to rub her mouth or uh, wipe her mouth or he points to it, and then she wipes it. Uh, then they're in the lab with Wesley, and they just do some basic exposition, which is interesting. Uh, Wesley and Data say, geez, Data says, yeah, it's pretty easy. Like, each neuro, your brain's a duplicate of mine. 
like uh, so they should be should work pretty much the same but we don't know for certain and then this was this was seen as a parent or Wes he goes what's law do while you're at work and he says she studies uh, she doesn't need any supervision she's self-sufficient and I was like okay no that's not uh that's not true uh and then Wes says well why don't why doesn't she go to school and data goes she's only two weeks old uh or uh, with kids with his own age. And then uh, Wesley goes, well, kids around her age. And then uh, Dr. Crusher calls and she goes, Wesley, aren't you supposed to be getting your hair cut? Like, find my friends is on. And Wesley goes, parents, uh, they just don't understand. Just like Will Smith said, 25 years, actually around the same time this episode came out. And then uh, Data works on LOL. And then while while like awakening, she says, "She's what's my purpose, Dad? Like uh, this is pretty young to be asking a special purpose, you know." And uh, she goes, "The reason for my being." He goes, "Well, that's a complex question." Uh, he goes, "But I can tell you, our function is to contribute in a positive way to the world in which we live. I like that." She goes, well, "Why me?" And he goes, "So she's getting precocious because you're my child. Well, where did I come from?" And Data's, Data's very good at, uh, he's so, he goes, your question suggests our transfer was successful with your heuristic pathways. So now we're going to move on to logic, aesthetics, metaphysiology, and something else that's complicated beyond a human me. And he goes, you're becoming sentient. And she goes, how? And he goes, well, by developing awareness uh, to question your perceptions. And then she goes, uh, why do I have two hands? Why not three or four? Why is this guy? And then Data uh, puts her in sleep mode. And he goes, tomorrow school starts. Uh, never saw Data try to calculate like college costs or anything like that. Uh, and then Picard's on a call with uh, the Admiral. Oh, who's, uh, whose name I was going to look up. So I'll do that in a second here. Picard has sign number three when he's talking to the Admiral. Admiral Haftel, I think is his name, because uh, he wants uh, Lal to come to the Galore 4. It's like a new science lab or something. And Picard goes, well, we're supposed to be seeking out new life, and uh, that's exactly what we're doing. And he says, well, it's about the android and Starfleet, bro. And then uh, he says... Uh, he goes, it's Data's child, and he goes, child? He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, it's not easy to understand, but uh, they're going to stay here. And Haftel says, uh, this uh, research policy is clear. You're not standing on uh, clear ground. It's going to fall off from under you. And the actor looked very familiar. His name's uh, Nicholas Coster. And at first I said, is this guy, like, where do I know him from? And it looks like he's been in a lot of things, but he was like, uh, I think he looks like the dude um, from, uh, <laughs> never mind, my brain just went blank, uh, uh, show in Vermont uh, with one of my heroes who somehow his name I can't remember, uh, Kate's comedian, brilliant comedian, anyway, well, well, you know what I mean, uh, like his handyman, but it's diff- a different actor, I believe. Uh, so then uh, Data is having a parent, his first parent-teacher conference. Uh, uh, bonds, there's bonsai trees in the teacher's office and in the classroom. You get a view, shot at daycare or the middle grammar school. He is, you know, this is like the lulls not not adjusting to school. She's an android and. Uh, so it's not easy for her. There's not a good age group for a grown android. You know, I think there's been co- huge comedies based on this whole idea. But for Wall, it's very reminding because she's they're observing her, uh, Data and the teacher, and she tries to cover up when she realizes they're observing her by looking at the bonsai trees. It really, really, uh, like, uh, I don't know, I thought it was just a great little shot, uh, uh, to kind of create a great emotional connection with the wall and to kind of, you know, to trigger your own memories about this kind of stuff and done with like a light touch, which is, you know, important with this, at least to me. I, I love that. 
then lol in the data on the lift. And she goes, Dad, what does laughter mean? And he goes, well, it's a reaction to humor. And she goes, well, I must be hilarious then. And Data goes, no, you know, the kids are unsure about, you know, like, uh, you know, he just talks about laughter at school, which we like, uh, he goes, you know, they're, 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 they just don't, they're like parents. Like Wesley said, parents just don't understand. Kids just don't understand either. And like they say, well, that's, that's, that's tough stuff. And, uh. Data goes, you know what, I'll, I'll ask someone with some serious wisdom, Dr. Beverly Crusher. So he goes to Dr. Beverly Crusher to get some parenting advice because he says, geez, if parents don't understand and kids don't understand and admirals don't understand, and initially Jean-Luc Picard didn't understand, and Riker is off uh, off duty, who, I mean, Guinan understands, but we don't get there yet. And Guinan usually understands with the uh, her understanding is a silent acceptance, like knowing that it's all going to work out. So Data goes to Dr. Crusher for advice. And uh, what does it say? Something most difficult stage. Uh, what he says, she said, like, uh, what's this? Can you tell me about some parenting stuff? And she goes, uh, Data goes, she doesn't even have feelings, but she... Uh, she she's passing in a sentience at the most difficult stage of her development. And Crusher goes, yeah, Wesley had trouble. He was very bright, so it made it hard for him with school. And Nada says, what did you do? And Crusher goes, this is a very good uh, lesson in either empathy or compassion. She goes, well, I remember what it was like for me in school. And, you know, I remember the times it wasn't easy. And then I told Wesley about that and it made him feel a little bit better that I knew I understood what he was going through. And I was like, Dr. Crusher could make the podcast that puts you to sleep, uh, at least that part of it. And Wes, the data goes, geez, I haven't tried that. Uh, I thought it would discourage her, but maybe that was my error. And Crusher goes, well, you don't have to have, uh, uh, experienced going through sentience. Uh, she has you just help her realize she's not alone and be there to nurture her when you know, she needs love and attention. And Dave says, well, I can give her attention, but I don't know if I can give her love. It's not in my, you know, programming. And he walks away and Crusher says, now, why do I find that hard to believe? Like she believes, uh, uh, you know, in Data's love. That would be a good obscure T-shirt for Dr. Crusher to wear. I believe in Data's love. I believe in the power of Data's love. Probably was people would think you're like uh, in some strange movement. Yeah, then we have, uh, let's see. Then we have Picard in bed. He sleeps on his back, or at least he's in a robe, uh, at least when we catch him. Silver sparkling sheets. And the Admiral calls him, or Worf calls and lets him know the Admiral's on the phone, which brought me up to like how do time zones work on Star Trek? And like, is this a power play to, to like, like they have one time zone and then the, like the Admiral's just waking Picard up. Uh, Cause he says, I hope it didn't disturb you. Even though Picard's in a robe, chest out. And Picard says, not at all. I don't get disturbed. Uh, I mean, like uh, I do or I recover from it earlier. So I'm ready. What's up? And he goes, I'm not happy about this. So I'm going to come by and check out this Android. And if I'm not satisfied, you know, I'll take it. Goodbye. And so uh, then we have a captain's log. I don't know if there was there. Ad, yeah, there's an ad break there. And then there's captain's log. We're waiting for the Admiral Haftel. I'll tell you what, he said not half of anything. He's a whole, whole, you know, with an A at the beginning of it. So he's a whole and then, a, then another hole with an A in the middle, I guess you'd say. And I don't normally say that about characters in Star Trek. I mean, there's been ones I've done. It just kind of got out of my nerves. But I guess he, you know, it represents that. Uh, then we have Data doing some more transfers to Lol with something like that uh, magnetizes to her forehead. And this was a question I've been holding on to. I had it right away in the episode, but it, like it was answered. So I figured I'd wait till it was answered here. Is that uh, why the name Lol? You know, why did Data come up with that? And it's because it means beloved. 
in Hindi. So there's another pet name. I started calling, you know, it's a very nice, really, I loved that. Uh, so I thought that was beautiful. And then they go to 10 forward, they see Guinan, and Lull's like, uh, really doing some hardcore people watching. Uh, like, oh, wait, I was going to run. Okay, actually, I'm going to run through this. Because uh, uh, they get there, Guinan's working, and Lull's just like staring at everybody. She like almost walks right up to somebody, some people. And she's, her head is like on a swivel. She also looks like a bit intoxicado. Uh, they say, she's I'm fine. Uh, thanks. Uh, and the data says, geez, can you get a job? And Lol's kind of staring off. Uh, she wants to learn about people. She'll, she'll like, uh, assist you. And she goes, it'd be, I can deserve something. It'd be, obviously it'd be great to work with someone so old as you. This cracked my daughter up, uh. I mean, my guy is like thousands of years old. She goes, okay, you're hired. Uh, the key is the art of listening, which I'm pretty good at. Uh, and Lull goes, well, I know 1,400 beverages too. Ive. And then Guinan says, did you just use Ive? And uh, that's a contraction. Data can't use contractions. I didn't know this. Uh, he goes, my programming wasn't able to uh, master that. You've exceeded my abilities. Uh I don't even know how this happened. Data's mind is blown. And then Picard says, Data, you got to get down here. Uh, we got a meeting. So Data goes to walk out, but he stares back at Law and Guinan. Guinan kind of gives him a head like, it'll be okay. But it's like a long look back. Uh, then, uh, let's see, Picard calls. Data heads out, stops at the doorway, looks back. And then Data and Picard. Picard's like leaning on the front of his uh, edge of his desk, uh, and he's like, "They want to uh, guy or they want a uh, wall to come to this uh, some annex, uh, uh, the Daystrom Annex on Gallo Four. I said, "Why? Why is it an annex? Why shouldn't? It, why can't it be the Daystrom Building? That seems like a ripoff." Uh, also, I'm not positive what an I thought an annex was like a building on a building. Uh, so he says they, that's where they want him to go. Data's like, "Nah." Uh, he goes, oh, they're going to relocate us there? And he goes, no, just her. And Data goes, yeah, I'm not in favor of that. Uh, there's many things she could learn from me. You know, I got a lifetime of experience here and mistakes that I've made that I've learned from, just like a parent. So I guess between Crusher and this, parents do under, can understand sometimes. Then they call Rikers back. Uh, and then Rikers says, tell Riker I'll see him later. And then Data says, is he, is this Admiral questioning my parenting abilities? And Picard goes, I guess kind of. And then he goes, does he have children? And Picard goes, kind of, yeah, I guess so. And he goes, well, geez, I wonder if anybody judged him when he was a new parents. And so, yeah, Data's not pleased. We had style like three or four with Picard. Uh, then we have Guinan and Wall, uh, Guinan and Lal, like, uh, Watching uh, like a canoodling couple uh, lovers, I'd say. The dude's in a mock turtleneck. Uh, he's not in uniform. His date is in a uniform. Now it's like, what in the heck? Like, uh, uh, I don't know. Like a like a not even a lime green, a strange green mock turtleneck. Uh, and she's like, what are they doing? They said, like, cause first of all, it's like when they start kissing, she does, she, she doesn't like that, you know? And this is all around 26 minutes. Uh, and she goes, well, no, they're kissing uh, lol. And she goes, what's kissing? And then they get up to leave. She goes, why are they leaving? I was watching this with my daughter. Luckily she, there was a noise when they, she said, why are they leaving? She goes, your father, I have to teach you about that. And then Riker comes in and lol, like, uh, Guinan, like, has to take an order or something. So Lal's, like, pretending to clean the bar and, like, uh, acting all casual. And she's like, hey, you know, hey, sailor-type motions. And Riker, he goes, uh, you're new here, around here, aren't you? And I guess that's the power of Riker. I mean, he did slide right up to the bar. And she pulls him across the bar and she kisses him. Right when Data walks in and Data's like, or Guinan's like, wow, wow, put him down. And Riker's kind of stunned, but also amused. Uh, 
or bemused. You know, we always talk about that. And he pulls his jacket down, and then Data goes, what are your intentions with my daughter, bro? And Riker goes, your daughter? Holy mackerel. And then he goes, nice to meet you. And then he rolls right out. So it was like a little bit of a, I don't know, it was funny. It was just a little comedic scene. I mean, it gets to balance this episode out. They needed that. And there, uh, there was like a funny guys at the end of the bar, uh, like, uh, I don't know, just watching the whole thing unfold. It's worth watching. Also, I put like, this is right, like when Riker gets back, his first stop is 10 forward. Because he checked in with Picard, and they said, well, geez, I need, like, about a half hour or whatever. So Riker goes, well, let me see what's uh, going on in 10 forward. You know, I get that Riker swagger. Let me see how it does up there. And then we have a scene with uh, Wall where she's kind of feeling some frustration and confusion about humans, which we used for the opening. Where she goes, geez, like, is this what we do, Dad? We just observe humans, but we don't, we can't, uh, and we emulate them. We don't have emotions. And she's like, just what a ripoff. You know, basically this is a total ripoff. You know, we're just copying humans. And he uh, goes, well, he goes, it's a struggle. Like, uh, we're trying to be good people and uh, it's not easy. And that yields its own rewards. And then he teaches about holding hands, a symbolic gesture of affection. And even as a teacher that you hold palm to palm, like she was holding it the other way, which is pretty good. Uh, also, I, oh, a couple of things back. I forgot when they were at the bar, Lol still stands on her tippy toes to observe things with her kind of chin up. Uh, 2631, that's when Riker rolls in. And let's see. Uh, like, oh, they, they like also kind of look like they were going to short circuit when they're holding hands a little bit. It was a nice moment, but also it was like uh, something off. Then there's an ad break. Then we have the Admiral and Picard drink, sipping a couple Earl Greys. Uh, Picard stands while the Admiral sits. Uh, there's a book. The book's open. I couldn't tell if it was open to pages. Uh, Picard's book under glass, like if it was related to the episode. Uh, but they're going back and forth. You know, those two are not getting along. And, you know, he goes, you know, basically the Admiral's like, my way or the highway. And Picard goes, I thought you were going to form an opinion. Uh, he goes, I don't need opinions. I know what I'm doing. And Picard goes, I get your concerns, but why don't you have an open mind about it? Wall uh, and Data staying together during their formative years and then uh, sending her off. And he goes, well, that's not satisfactory. And he goes, uh, they, you know, they're both, they're both like, what's best for Wall? And then Haftel says, well, you got a sentimental attitude for androids. He stands up and Picard goes, they're sentient beings, bro. I was at the trial where we, you know, set up their rights and privileges. And Haftel says, yeah, great. Anyway, Lal's actually a step forward. Uh, and we got to control things. Uh, and Picard goes, data is. And, and then he says, in isolation, so they go back and forth. Uh, then they go to the lab. Data's testing the thing on his forehead that he uses to transfer stuff to Lal's brain. And then there's interesting shots because Admiral and Data are talking across the Lal lift, I called it, the thing that lifts Lal up. Uh, and then the Admiral, a couple times he tries to fool Data. Yeah, first they're talking about a program, and he goes, huh, so... Uh, you're doing a great job. You know, they talk about the uh, her feelings and using uh, whatever you call those things, uh, contractions. And he goes, geez, you're a good father, so wouldn't it be great if, uh, you know, with this new stuff that's happening, you know, you had her uh, where there's a lot better training people. And Data goes, uh, well, only it's a model, parent's model, bro. And I'm the only model available, modeling behavior. And then he goes, well, you don't really even, you're not the best model for behavioral norms. Uh, and then he goes, where's the lol anyway? And also I was wondering where the heck the robotics guy is in this episode. He doesn't come up once. Uh, also, I forgot his name, so it's a good thing he didn't come up. But he does come back up in Data's day. So uh, then they go to this, he, this admiral's like a teetotaler, but he's not uh he goes, what, you have Lal in a bar? So they go up there, and he's all been out of shape. Uh, Guinan goes, dude, this isn't your first bar. 
So who who are you? You know, because she, what's she going to learn? Uh, nothing about being human. He's all bent out of shape. He stares at Wall like a uh, Wall, and he says, "I want that thing out of here, or Android out of here." Yeah, uh, that's when Gang says, "Oh, Admiral, you've you know you've been in your first." Uh, and then there's like a nice close at the end, and Guinan, who's like, uh, I don't know, I like that close-up of Whoopi. And then they have a conference. At first, there's like an overhead of shot of Picard and the Admiral, like shot all the way from above. Uh, then Lal comes in, and then the like, Admiral's again trying to play politician. Hey, Lal, great to meet you. I've been looking forward to it. Uh, got this great spot on Galor 4. I think you're going to love it. And Picard goes, what he means is they want to move you there. And Law goes, am I in trouble? He goes, oh, no, no, no. Broaden your experience. Uh, Starship's too small for you, right? And she goes, oh, right. And he goes, great. Uh, And Law goes, yeah, when I've learned everything there is on the Starship, then I can come to Galar 4. He goes, "Uh, no. And Picard goes, Admiral thinks you need more guidance than your father. And like Admiral goes, yeah, I love your father. She goes, it doesn't, Law says, you don't sound like it. Uh, and he goes, she's adversarial. And she goes, no, it's a fact. You, you know, I, you know, analyze your voice patterns or whatever. And then he says, I don't think your father taught you selective judgment. You know, keeping your mouth, like, in this, this, this one, I was like, this admiral's unbelievable. He goes, we could teach you that, uh, you know, to quell your opinions. Uh, and she goes, my father's got it, bro. And he goes, uh. He goes, I don't think he does. And she goes, are you asking me? He goes, no. And then she goes, why are you finishing your sentences with question marks? And she goes, that was rhetorical. That, that part didn't happen, but it could have. Subtextually, it did. And uh, she she goes, I, I, she just ignores him. Because uh, Picard says, well, what are your wishes? Well, she goes, I wish to remain here, Captain Picard. And he goes, okay, I'll see you later. And then everything kind of, like, she's looking up at Picard. Then she leaves, and she's sad, and uh, she's walking. And we see Troy's room. She's doing some flower arrangements, and Lala comes in. She's very not happy, upset. Troy's very em- empathetic. She says, uh, geez, Lala, you're not, you're not feeling great, are you? Uh, she, re- she rephrases Lala's language. And Lala goes, I'm feeling something. She's touching her gut, her sternum. She goes, how is that possible? And Troy goes, I don't know. And she goes, she goes, oh, this is what it means to feel. This is what it means to feel. And then Lala heads off, uh, you know, like just muttering. And Troy follows her. Then there's an ad break. Then there's another conference. So a lot of conferences with the resistant admiral. This one's with Data and... Uh, Picard, and again, the Admiral tries this BS. He goes, you're doing a great job, uh, Data. So good, you, we need to take your daughter with us. And he goes, why? He goes, one irrefutable thing. Uh, there's only two soon androids, and we can't have you both in the same place. You know, just like down, you know, just like a computer backups. And Picard goes, that's a great one, a great one but uh, best place for Lull is still at Data's side. He goes, well, you're not a parent, Captain. Uh, you know, I learned, if, 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 and this is what I was watching this with my daughter. This is what Haftel says. He goes, you're not a parent, Captain. I am. I've learned that with difficulty, there comes a time when all parents must give their children up for their own good. And my daughter shouted. She goes, Lyle's two days, two days old. So even my daughter didn't like the Admiral. It's also true. And Picard goes, this isn't the time. He, he agrees. Uh, the umbilical cord is virtually uncut. The child depends on him. And then he goes, no, no, no. He goes, he goes it'd be better data if Lal thinks she wanted, you know, the old uh, uh, trope. He goes, break up with her, send her away, even though we're forcing you. And then data says, listen, dude, when I came up with Lal, I wanted her to become a member of Starfleet uh, to give back uh, but she's my child. I'm not volunteering her up. Uh, it would violate every parenting lesson I know. It brought life into my world. It's my duty to guide her through these years and prepare her to be a contributing member of society. No one can relieve me from that obligation. I'm her father. And Haftel says, uh, yeah, well, I don't care. And Data almost... Uh, 
Let's see, when that happens, data does something. Yeah, I put another load of BS from the Admiral. Uh, Picard at some point says, damn it, I don't know when that is. Uh, maybe I said it. Uh, uh, Picard, oh, it's very testy. But when he says, I'm regretting, we're just going to take her. Data, like, twitches and pops up in his chair. But he's also, like, ready to take orders. And Picard goes, belay that order. And he goes, what do you mean? And he goes, I'll, Picard goes, I'm going to talk to Starfleet. And Haftel says, I am Starfleet. Uh, and then Picard says, hold your ground, Data. No way. And Haftel says, uh, you're jeopardizing your career, command your career. And Picard smiles, uh, with total confidence, he goes, there's times when men of good conscience cannot blindly follow orders. They're sentient, and you got to acknowledge their freedom and their liberties. And they gets mildly political. Hand a child over to the state, not while I'm his captain. He goes, you can, he goes, we could, we'll do it together, uh, Admiral Haftel. And it made me think about, uh, like, fan fiction kind of in some sense of, like, uh, is Picard this within Starfleet? Is Picard like a rebellious figure? And they're like, could you, they're like, what's beyond Deep Space Nine? And I haven't seen Deep Space Nine, but they're like, what's beyond? Like, where's the outer base? Send Picard. Can you? Where's the? You know, send him out beyond the uh, politics. But sometimes he, you know, somehow because he's a good person, he finds his way into these situations uh, so he can resolve them. But then Troy calls right when everything's tense. We got data. You got to get down to the lab. Uh, you know, so sums up with lol. Uh, then they're in the lab and uh, like Troy's like, lol is malfunctioning. And data goes, uh, well, she's supposed to return to the lab. And lol's eyes are open, but she's not seeing. She goes, father. He goes, yes, lol, I'm here. And they're talking about how she became emotionally aware. And Picard goes, that's a malfunction? Huh, weird. But it's causing some uh, system failures. And Data goes, it doesn't look great. And again, just something about Data's humanity triggers the humanity in these other characters. Uh, because Haftel says, let me help, please. Uh, and then he goes, excuse us, Data, Commander Data, and I have much work to do. Then we have a call back to the opening of the episode because Jordy, Troy, and Wesley are waiting outside the doors. And the commander comes out. He's wringing his hands uh, like a surgeon, stressed. And he goes, he goes we tried our best with this, with this android. Uh, uh, but he goes, uh, and they, like, uh, he goes oh, she, she, uh, she's been uploaded to the great farm in the, the great digital farm in the sky. And let's see, Admiral changes his tune. Oh, at the very end, the Admiral holds up his hand. He says, his, he's talking about Data. His hands were moving so fast, he refused to give up. Uh, uh, then we have Data and Lal spending their last moments uh, looking into one another's eyes. Uh, and Data goes, yeah, I can't reboot you. Uh, goodbye, Lal. And Lal says, I feel. And he goes, what, did you, what, what do you feel, Lal? And she goes, I love you, Father. And Data says, I wish I could feel it with you. And she goes, I'll feel it for both of us. Thanks, Dad, uh, for bringing me new existence. And then she kind of does a run through. She goes, flirting, laughter, painting, family, female, human. And then she gets uploaded to the great cloud at the farm. The clouds above the great farm in the sky, I guess. And again, this is like one of my funny things about Star Trek is that it's like uh, so pro-human. I don't know if they're send if they're not sending this in outer space about how great humans are. They should be, because their last word is human. It just I starred that I, again. I don't think this is human. I don't think you can use jingoism for all of humanity because I think it just means pro one country. But, you know, get, anyway, it's got uh, satellites shooting his stuff into outer space. Get these going uh, so that, uh, you know, propaganda, so people think we're great or other. So uh, then Data goes to the bridge, uh, and everybody looks up, uh, and Data said, yeah, Lull's uh, in the big farm. And Picard goes, the entire crew's saddened by your loss, Mr. Data. And Data goes, ooh. He goes, thanks, uh, but she's here. And he points to his brain. 
And he goes, her presence so enriched my life that I, you know, I, I uploaded her into my, in my brain. I transferred her memories into mine. And Sophia goes, that is weird. My, like, and I agreed with her. I said, well, that's a little weird. Um, and then it's straight back to work uh, with this crew. He goes, Mr. Data, Picard says, Mr. Data, take your position. Mr. Crusher, lay in a course for uh, OTAR 2. And uh, he, you know, they say, course is set, engage. But Data has a long, like, three-second stare. A uh, thousand league stare into space. Uh, and the episode comes to a close. And, you know, we've learned that, uh, you know, like like uh, Dr. Crusher gives great advice. Uh, you know, we've learned uh, that this crew has a lot of assets. Uh, all right, good night.